Okay, guys, you know what I love about women villains? I don't know if I want to answer that. Go on. I'm a little concerned we're about to see into the inner sexual psyche that is Steven the Roast Rosenberg, but please. I think it's fucking awesome that, like, yeah, you don't really you don't really see women villains and women, like, hardcore criminals as much as men, but god damn are they more brutal. God, oh god. damn are they more brutal. Dude, this one especially... It's just like... Like, just let's just take for instance, you know, I was just thinking about just some of the women uh, villains that we've done, and uh, particularly, like, Catherine Knight, and how, like, when, when you have, like, the male version of Catherine Knight, it's like, oh, this guy, like, killed his family and, like, burned down the house or whatever, and then it's like Catherine Knight, like, completely shaved off her husband's skin into a fucking meat coat. And hung it up on the fucking door <laughs> and then fed him his parts to their kids and shit. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gorilla Tinyfoot fed him to pigs and smashed him over the head with uh, with uh, meat grinders and shit. Like, she was super brutal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Here's the thing. Women killers, women villains, they are not... And I know this is going to sound dumb, but... They're not bound by the penis. And I know that sounds weird, but like male serial killers, male villains, male, uh, you know, guys in power who do horrible shit. They're all bound by the dick and the feelings they get from it. With the exception of, I think, Eileen Wuornos, who got a sexual thrill from her shit. Other than that, serial women villains use all their brain they are not bound by the need to nut and i know that sounds bad but it's true dude you're you're right though because i think the need to nut is one half of it and the other half is like all the societal bullshit that goes into like what is it to be a dude and how that can just fuck up somebody who's already fucked up. And not only that, but, like, men are fucking dumb. So it's like, anytime she wants to get hers, like, all she has to do is ask. Hey, hey, there's a couple smart <laughs> uh, Not all men. No, but all I'm saying is that, like... <laughs> That's not what I meant! It's, That's not what I meant! It's like, thanks, for, thanks for taking over the inappropriate uh, statement uh, part of the show, Ian. I appreciate but, that. That's not what I meant! But, yeah, like, all she has to do is just be like, eh, I want to fuck today. And, like, some stupid guys would be like, alright. You know what I mean? So it's like... Damn it. I was... Sp- Mine was supposed to be an intro into saying that Fred Rogers is, like, a fucking saint. Not like a not-all-men statement. (laughs) It's too late. It's on the record. (laughs) It's too fucking late, brother. So the reason I'm bringing up just fucking hardcore villainous women is uh, one of our villains today is a hardcore fucking villainous woman. So, with that being said, welcome to the Curly Mustache Podcast. I'm Steven. I'm Joligula. I can't remember. Do I fuck my nickname up at the beginning or the end, or both? Both. It's usually both. Mingle! <laughs> and if you're just joining us for the first time, what we do is we take one real-life villain, one fictional villain, we talk about their histories, their motives, their crimes, any connections the two may have, and we cap off the episode with whether or not they could be redeemed with our trusty bowler hat scale. So, today, Ian picked the villains for us, and we are talking about... Griselda Blanco, and the almighty Lex Luthor. <laughs> oh Luthor. no, are we doing this thing again where we talk about the names? Are we just going to argue about the names for like the next 20 minutes? 
What? It's not Mr. Luthor? <laughs> Mr. Luthor. Mr. Luthor. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Played by John Travolta. <laughs> Shall we get started with Griselda Blanco? Yes. Hold up. Just a second. No. <laughs> would John Travolta be a good Lex Luthor in film? Just out of curiosity. Because you said John Travolta. Uh, you're just thinking of people that are evil that have that are bald yeah. now. <laughs> he kind of already is. Holy shit, he already is. He drives a he flies his own plane. He makes movies that he pays for himself. Uh, yeah. Sounds sounds good. Checks oh, out. Fuck. Totally checks out. The bane of all masseuses everywhere, John Travolta. All right, so let's get into Griselda Blanco, also known as La Madrina or the Cocaine Godmother or the yeah. Queen of Narco Trafficking. I'm sorry, one, real quick, one of her nicknames is the Black Widow. Her last name is Blanco. Which is white. Wouldn't she be the White Widow? Exactly. <laughs> the White Widow. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's right You take that there. up with the public, sir. <laughs> that is an, actually a really great villain name, the White Widow. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, what a fucking missed opportunity. But she's not white either, though. So, kind of weird. It's not about that. It's a name, man. <laughs> it's all about branding. Why you gotta make it about that, Steve? Yeah, the Scarlet Witch isn't, like, completely red. She does a... She I has a it. red suit? <laughs> and red hair? <laughs> okay. okay, that could be dyed. You don't know. And Griselda Blanco may have had white hair at some point. Take that up with the Colombian government, I guess. I don't know. I'm actually real good on that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, Griselda Blanco was a Colombian drug lord of the Medellin cartel. I have to say it right this time, otherwise, otherwise Joel's friends will make fun of me. I Wait, guess. Why, why my friends? What I? The last time we talked about the Medellin cartel, <laughs> one of your friends was a bitch about it. So. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. Anyway. Uh, she was a pioneer of the cocaine drug trade in the United States from 1980 to the early 2000s. You should have seen the wagon wheels she had. She was more than the <laughs> 1980s. This goes back. Her her pioneering, like she really, the, the drug, the, the cartels in the drug world as we know it now in TV and the news and popular culture, this woman pretty much is the basis uh, and the one who kind of brought it into the forefront and what we know as the oh fuck they they intense this is all from all from grandma all from all from murderous abuela we'll get into it but i would say that the prime of her pioneering in the drug cartel was between 1980 and the early 2000s now she did come to america in the 70s and start like a, a basically a lucrative cocaine business yeah but i wouldn't say that it was like Prime cartel until Which, yeah probably probably early mid eighties. Okay, well let's start at the beginning here, and then we can argue some more. Wait, there's one other thing though. Normally we would just say, oh yeah, this is a reason enough to be a fucking villain. But also, it is estimated that she was responsible for two thousand plus murders while transporting cocaine to New York, Miami, and Southern California. Yeah, uh, and she pioneered what we now know as drive-by shootings. No, no, specifically the motorcycle murders. The motorcycle drive-by shooting. So, 2,000 murders, and we're not going to say directly. I mean, you? some of them. <laughs> yes, a large amount of them as well, a creepily large amount. But this woman, like, was the first franchise, you know what I'm saying? Like... 
all of the other fast foods afterwards were like, that's the way to fucking do it. Well, yeah, that's kind of what I was getting to in the fact that, like, not only is she a insane murderer, but also a drug cartel leader, but a fucking billionaire, too. God yeah. damn it. I hate billionaires. <laughs> but yet you find, you kind of respect her a little bit in this, like, I've talked to I've talked about it before. <laughs> no, no, there's not there's not a word for it in the English language where it's so fucked up, but original. So like saying that you're like it's like there's no word. It's like it. negative admiration. Yeah, exactly. Like where you acknowledge how fucked up it is that it's original, but originality implies better in So, what's always worked for me is just mind-blowing. You know what I mean? Like uh, sorry, that's too limp dicked for you, Ian. But <laughs> I find it to be a little impotent. She was born in Cartagena. She moves to Medellin with uh, her mother when she's three years old. Her mother's boyfriend starts sexually molesting her. She starts immediately going to the streets and like doing criminal shit as a child. You know. When she was 11, she kidnaps this younger child from an upscale neighborhood, attempts to ransom this kid, and just ends up fucking shooting this child. So she murders at 11 years old. This is a story that's been retold by several people. We don't know if it's out of Griselda Blanco's mouth or not. She never said shit about this. So obviously somewhat apocryphal. But we do know from everything that happened afterwards that this is not out of character for her yeah it's like you it might as well be true even if it's not true yeah. it, it might as well be. what's crazy about this particular murder is she straight up told the parents like hey you have x amount of amount x amount of time to get what we want to give us the money we want and the parents didn't take him seriously because she's 11 because it was an 11 year old girl and they're like you ain't gonna do anything so she's like, oh, they're not going to take me seriously? I'm going to need to up my game. Shot the kid and stuffed him in a sewer grate. Yup. On a busy street. Holy fuck. The thing that you just mentioned right there, the busy street, you, we should probably take a second to talk about what, uh, what the area was like at this time. So it was, it was right after basically a hardcore... Uh, political upheaval, which we have never had here before. Um, not like the, that. <laughs> no, not like this. Not at all like that. Uh, it was pretty common for children in the streets to just see two or three bodies every day because the police were actually encouraging farmers to kill other people, other people to kill farmers. They were looking the other way. They were sometimes doing it themselves. So, like, this was a fucked up time. So... This is not an excuse for how she grew up, but it's saying that even during all of this, she still progressed to become more fucked up than anyone in that situation. And psychologists have shown that children who grow up in wartime and war wartime areas, war zones, legitimately have to shut off parts of their brain in order to physically survive. They have to be able to do that. And given what was basically a civil war between and uh, just like the left and the right, the military right and the people's left were trying to, you know, figure out who's going to run the country. She grew up in one of the worst places in the Western world. 
at the time in that time of the world in that time in history to damage psychologically should be just what she had to endure should you know really influence how we view her from now on from this point forward because she is holy fuck i mean we kind of talked about this area a little bit whenever we did the pablo escobar podcast yeah. it was a very similar situation here and all that shit was going on at this exact same time too yeah she honestly blazed the path for him too uh and they came from very similar situations so we were still we were she didn't blaze the path she fucking brought him in yeah, basically um okay spoiler alert this guy just literally was like told his buddies like set me up a meeting with the black widow and he somehow schmoozed this woman whom everyone knows has killed her last few husbands into bringing him in and making him a partner I have some interesting things to say about some of the big differences between he and her and where their problems lay. I also am just thinking about how funny it would be to hear somebody say, set me up a meeting with the Black Widow, Blanca. Yeah, right? <laughs> they actually say the Black Widow in English and then like continue speaking Spanish. They're just like, it sounds cooler in English. At 15, she runs away from her mother's house. She's living the streets until she's 20. Uh, she's like a mastermind pickpocket by this point. She's hardcore living on the street. She's murdered at this point. She's a whore as well, just like her mother was. That's questionable, because she would get real mad if you ever brought that up to her. Like she, That's one of the few things she would vehemently deny her entire life. But the evidence points to she did sex work for a little time to yeah, just to survive. True, but there are people that knew them, yeah. Plus all the arrest records. So she's she gets married. By the, by the 1970s, her and her husband, they illegally immigrate to the United States with fake passports. They set up this cocaine business in Queens, New York. So it's pretty lucrative getting started off. Like, the cops actually catch on pretty yeah. quickly. Within, the, the husband... I think it's like within three to five years, uh, she was indicted with 30 other people. Like, basically, on, basically her subordinates... I think it was the DEA at this point. Was DEA around in the 70s? FBI. Okay, yeah. The FBI at this point is like, oh, we're going after her. She's going to pay. And she's like, fuck this. Takes off. Going, Dipset. Yeah, goes back to Columbia, only to return within two years to Miami. So it was kind of like a cut and run and then return. The cool thing about how she got in and out of the country her husband the way that she met him was a he was a, a people smuggler which means he probably dealt in self, sex trafficking and a forgery guy so he was more of like the white collar ish quote-unquote crime part of it and she came from like the dirt the like filled with metal scraps dirt and she just she had zero compunctions about committing hard crimes, while he, on the other hand, was more like the get people in and out of the country really easily, which is how every time she came in and out of the country, she would always change her name. She always had a different name that she came in under, so it was fucking impossible to track her because this was the FBI in, what, late 1970s? Or yeah, I mean, days. if they would, would have just looked for people who would just had different colors as their last names, they would have just found her. <laughs> Griselda Greeno. No, no. Uh, it's Verde. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you, Steven, so much. Wow. That's the joke. Anyway, uh, did you guys read about what happened with her and this husband, by the way? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like a total, like, this felt like a John Wick moment or some shit. Like, they're like, they get into this argument at his nightclub over basically the severity of how they're willing to handle things. They'd had a thing happening for a while. They'd, like, hadn't been living together for like a year or so. Yeah. Resentment yeah, was building, yeah. of course. They have a fucking shootout at this nightclub that he owns. Neither of them die, by the way. Just a bunch of their fucking bodyguards get shot. R.I.P. to those guys, by the way. She takes a bullet in the gut. Yeah, yeah, she took a bullet. She takes a bullet in the gut, but she recovers and ends up moving out of Columbia to Miami. But, like, they were just cool. It's like, ah, well, we didn't kill each other. Respect. Peace. <laughs> yeah, later. And then he died mysteriously a couple months later. Just happened. Listen, you say John Wick. All I could think of was like, you know what? If Guy Ritchie directs this movie, this particular scene is going to be fucking awesome. It's like a like a Mister and Mrs. Smith uh, scenario. It really was. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because they like they sort of had a meeting, quote unquote, that they were supposed to do, and both of them showed up with like twenty fully armed guys, like standing across the parking lot from one another, and they're both like, "I don't think this is supposed to be a just a regular meeting, is it?" And you hear someone go like, <laughs> "Right." <laughs> Let's talk about the nineteen eighties here for a second. So, when she returns to Miami, big hair, <laughs> color. Giant fucking poofy shoulders, music that defined well, the Everybody world in general. Video the killed the radio Lasers. star. God bless the fucking 80s. Credit card. America. Smart asses. Both of you. Anyway, so <laughs> you ever you ever turn on the TV and it's like fucking like Miami Vice type show and it's just like fucking Miami detectives in all white suits just snorting cocaine off hookers' asses and shit. Like, oh yeah, Griselda Blanco is the reason for this shit. <laughs> Hold on, what fucking television are Dude, you watching? No, okay, before Griselda Blanco moved, no, I turn on the motherfucking TV on and it's fucking Godzilla clips from YouTube. You and I have like vastly different viewing habits and i kind of i've never been jealous of you before until right this fucking moment you guys know what i mean though these 80s shows these 90s shows that all like all basically brought up this constant cocainery in fucking miami yeah it was a fucking because all right so the cocaine boom in miami literally built that town the size of the police force the size of just the infrastructure there was I mean, it didn't literally build that town. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. But it was nothing comparatively because the year before Griselda Blanco moved into town and then the year that she was there, there was a 380% increase in murders at that time. There was, like, more bodies than they could fit in the fucking morgue. So Yeah, it's strange how that coincided with her living there, isn't it? Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying she was responsible for, like, all 200 murders a year. I'm just saying that, like, it's possible she was responsible for those 200 murders. Do you know what they call, what the, uh, the associates with her, like, cocaine trade in Miami? Do you know what they were called? What the group of them were called? Uh, it's yes, the Cocaine it's... Cowboys. <laughs> exactly. Yeah! 
Yep. Rolling, 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 cocaine cowboy snorting, get that paranoia on high. Look at there, look up there. <laughs> yeah, so because of her, like, extremely violent and competitive ways and, like, her willingness to kill, like Ian was talking about earlier, her competitors would often try to have her assassinated. But she had some hella protection, too. Yeah, so Griselda loved... She loved sending a message. That was, like, her whole thing. Because she was also fucking tiny. She was a woman. And she was in a job where, like, women just were not in that industry. They did not do that. If anything, they were just, like, a strawberry or something. So she had this, like, I have to... if. Before they even think about coming at me, I have to come at them a thousand percent. And I want it to send a message to everybody. And combine that, that mind frame. Now, during this particular period, this is the 80s and the 90s, her cocaine consumption was so fucking amazing. She experienced damn near a decade of cocaine-induced paranoia psychosis. Which is a legitimate thing, which would kill anyone else who wasn't birthed from the fetid loins of Satan's concubine like this woman was. Her, her constitution had to be fucking amazing. So you combine what Ian was talking about with the, they're all out to fucking get me. Oh man, they're gonna fucking get me. We gotta get them first. We gotta get them 24-7? That is the scariest fucking woman that's a scare. That is an apex predator, if I have ever heard of one oh, in my yeah. entire life. So, question, question, real quick. We'll get to like exactly what happened to to her, like getting put in prison. But I know that she was able to run her business successfully from the inside prison. Do you guys know whether or not she was on cocaine while she was in prison? Uh reports are very. The the, the the irony of this woman doing cocaine literally every hour of every day her entire life. Outside of prison and then going to prison and not doing cocaine, but having a heart attack in prison is just hilarious to me. Uh, <laughs> a oh, spoiler, by the way. I mean, not really. It's just it's just a stepping stone. It's not like she dies from the heart attack. I wish, think we should also mention that her distribution network was bringing in $80 million a month in the 1980s. Yeah, and that is gross, by the way. That's a that's like month. after expenses. A month with an M. A B with a billion and a month with an M. And half the half of that is while she's in prison. This chick is so powerful in the drug world that she legitimately orders hits across the board, has a heart attack because she's not, while in prison, because she's not getting the go-go snort-snort that her body has just grown accustomed and her body just, to, and her body just fucking revolts, and she's making 80 million a month. Listen, just for our listeners, just for like a, like a little bit of a comparison here, and this will be a fun little tidbit for you guys too, Michael Jordan, the most successful, like, uh, famous basketball player of all time throughout from 1984 to I think around 2002 or three is when he retired in his career, in his career, he made $93 million Jesus. as a professional basketball player. 
in his career. Now, Griselda Blanco was making $80 million a month. Which is absolutely insane, too. I think... All right, so are we going to start talking about the downfall of Griselda Blanco? Well, yeah, of course. It's coming. Okay. The reason <clears throat> I wanted to mention this is because I think that Pablo Escobar learned a lot from her. And a lot of other people did, too. Just, like, the brutality for sending a message is very important. But one of the things that she didn't learn is, like, if you don't have the infrastructure in the country in which you're executing people, if you don't have the infrastructure to not have all this stuff get back to you, you can't do that. You can't be brutal for brutal's sake without having layers and layers and layers of protection. Like, you might be able to get away with that shit in Cartagena, but you can't start doing that in Miami and expect everybody to just be like, well, you know, she's the Black Widow. Listen, I don't have any personal experience with this in any way, shape, or form, and I'm not advocating it, but... (laughs) Go on. There's something that happens to you when you have the nose candy that makes you feel fucking invincible. Where you're like, I'm not gonna fucking get away with this in any way. I can't get away with it. There's no way they're gonna be able to touch me. You wanna know why they can't touch me? Because I totally fucking understand how the system works, and I had the system works, and I got the money, and I got the... If I had the money, I have the power, I have the power, I have the... Woo! There's no way I have personal experience with doing dumb shit yeah, while under no, the influence not. of that as a younger man. And I think that's what happened to her at that during that time frame. All, all I'm saying is we can say whatever the fuck we want. This woman was a powerhouse for uh, 30-some years yeah. and had no problems. You know what I mean? It, or I mean, she had problems, but what I'm saying is like, she was protected and alive for 30 years in this lifestyle, and that's more than literally anybody can fucking ask. Fuck you. I mean, you, you, me I, you think about it, you got a, a Pablo Escobar, and you got this woman, and it's like, there's a reason there's not a thousand other of these same exact people. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you got me there. I guess the way that she did it was just different, but really, in the end, like... I think that because she came before Pablo Escobar, there just wasn't the fucking infrastructure for cocaine. There wasn't the desire for cocaine like it was when Pablo was around. Yeah, I mean, look at her kids, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh. They tried to get in the in the game. And, you know, they got in the game. They, uh, her oldest son ran the business while she was in prison for... Let's see, she went into prison in 2000... When was she released? 2004, 85 to 2004, so... Almost, almost 20 years. She goes to prison for 19 years, running the business successfully from inside the prison. Her son, her oldest son, is, is running the business from outside prison. All three of her sons are in the game. All three of them get arrested in the United States and released and deported back to Colombia. Which is a fucking death sentence. All three of them were murdered. No, no. Michael Corleone Jr. <laughs> that, yes. She oh, named her right. son Michael oh, I Corleone. I forgot about that. Uh, he actually, I, I, he was a fourth son though, right? She had three that were murdered and then a fourth one. Look what you did to my boy. I don't know. I thought she only had three kids and Michael was the youngest and Michael currently is, uh, on a VH1 or was on a VH1 reality show about children of cartel leaders. He was the only one to survive. Also, did you guys read the story about her third husband, uh, with Michael when he was a kid? 
<laughs> tried to steal him away. That didn't work out fucking well. Yeah, yeah. They they had like an internal custody battle, and uh, her third husband took Michael and like made him live in Colombia while she was in Miami, and then she had him assassinated and had Michael basically shipped to Miami. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to pry you out of your father's dead hands and you're going to come back to me and you better be grateful. Yeah, that that's, that won't fuck a kid up or anything, will it? Yeah, also named him fucking Michael Corleone. <laughs> Why? Hey, man. She loved like, The Godfather. She I mean, loved obviously. that movie. Obviously. In the, in the words of the great Rick James, cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> Yeah. That's all I'm saying, Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. All I'm saying is if we we can we can call him Michael Corleone. <laughs> Alright, so where are we? She got arrested, she's in jail, all of her kids She has a heart attack in prison. Oh, that's right. Her kids are dead. In two thousand four she's actually released from prison, deported back to Columbia, where she would live another eight years. Yeah. And so she was she was buying $150 of meat from a local butcher shop and a guy on a motorcycle drives by, shoots her twice, once in the head and once in the shoulder and uh gets off his motorcycle, walks up to confirm the kill, slowly walks back to his motorcycle, takes off. It's kind of poetic justice for her to almost die the exact same way uh <laughs> That she and, pioneered. Yeah, well, well, I was going to say, like, she named her kid Michael Corleone. And it's like, she almost got killed the same way Don Corleone got shot. Yeah, holy you shit, know? you're right, coming out of the fucking... Fruit market or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. She's got, like, a fucking bag of meat in her hand, too. <laughs> Sausages flying. <laughs> oh, man. Did you see any pictures of her when she got out of prison or when she got sent to Columbia too? She looked so much different. Like she looked like a like a grandma. Nineteen years in prison, dude. <laughs> Hardcore decades of cocaine use. Yeah. She looked like a baseball mitt that got turned into someone's grandma. Surprised that she lasted that long in in Columbia. Because most of the time you come back to Columbia after being, you know, now you have no protection, no money. No gun people, just a general all of the insulation that you have to have to be a drug lord. And you're fucking dead as soon as you get onto the ground. Well, she had a fake identity going at that time. And you have to also think, in 2000 and, uh, 2004, all her the people that she was really a rival with was dead. The cartels kind of just sort of, you know, she didn't have the business infrastructure she had before. She was living under an assumed name. She was kind of keeping it quiet, you know? She just sort of, I think she knew, like, oh, now I need to tread carefully. And she did it well enough for eight years. But, of course, of course, it, the reason that they found out who she was was the newspaper did an expose. And they found out, and the, 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 one of the largest papers in, in Colombia was just like, Holy shit! That's fucking Griselda Blanco! The Black Widow Blanco is right fucking here! <laughs> it's right there, guys! It's right there! The White Widow. I, I, yeah, you're right. That is a much better name. I know, right? That is a supervillain name. Know. 
I mean, honestly, Cocaine Godmother is, is the one that endears me a little more. Okay, that it's too on the nose because what she fucking did to Michael Corleone Blanco. Yeah, that's fair. I don't want to give her that. All I want to say is the amount of documentaries are great. They're all pretty much the same. I love the fact that it's one of those villains that documentaries you see online or watch. They're not wildly different than like our normal serial killers where they're just like, well, shit, that's new. Okay, everyone pretty much knows her story. I just want to talk about the film Cocaine Godmother. Oh my God, did you watch it? Catherine Zeta Jones, what the fuck was <laughs> Holy that? Holy shit! Just what I thought that there couldn't be a time when watching Catherine Zeta Jones makes me uncomfortable. But god damn, that movie was so bad. <laughs> I'm just saying, what else fucking Colombian <laughs> accent was she rocking there? It was all over the place, and her wigs were fucking terrible. It was just like front to and there's a weird lesbian sex scene that's like not sexy at all don't you guys love when they get like straight up like hot actors and actresses to play these just like (laughs) just these fuck ugly criminals (laughs) to be honest to be honest early in her life she had that she had that cute look she was kind of she wasn't Catherine zeta jones my very few people in this world are. (laughs) that's what i'm saying you know Leo DiCaprio playing fucking H.H. Holmes. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Weirdly enough, David Tennant does look a lot like Dennis Nilsson, though. I will say that. I, that, 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 him doing that particular killer that we discussed before scared the shit out of me. Like, I don't watch many people. Like, I, I don't want to meet David Tennant anymore. Okay, can we get back to the movie? Because I got to talk about this one thing. Okay, yes, before you die of an aneurysm. Okay, go on. (laughs) No, this, okay. So there's there's like you know how in the in a movie they'll have like the younger actors like the children playing the children version of those characters and then they'll fast forward a couple years and everybody's now teenagers and they're different actors and actresses and whatnot. Well they did that with everybody except for one of the sons. It's just the same fucking kid, but they painted a mustache on him. It's just a child that they painted a mustache on. <laughs> Everybody else is like, yeah, look, I remember those times. And this kid in the corner is like, yeah, that was fucking terrible. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Are you guys ready to move on? I just have to say, mommy, how about we just take out the entire family, mommy? We just take them all out. We make sure they never, ever come back, and then we get a juice box. Oh, dude. She's... It's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love this woman. This woman is... I would have to agree. Yeah. This this woman is prime example... She's a horrible human being, but she is a prime example of why women are better villains. All right? Women use both sides of their brain simultaneously which allows them to outthink us and their male counterparts 90% of the time which is why you only hear about a few of these particular individuals when you know damn well that there has to be right now across the world thousands of Griselda Blancos right now yeah I mean if there's 50% 50% of the population is just... Uh, <laughs> it, it, the math doesn't add up yeah. there. That just means that you're That's not what I'm saying, yeah. as much. But, like, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, because I was, I was watching some Guillermo del Toro films, and, like, he has such a like, knack 
for directing villains, like in, in many of his movies, he is just such a perfect villain director. And I just like, I, you know, I was thinking about like Annie Wilkes, you know, uh, Kathy Bates is just amazing performance as Annie Wilkes. And it's like, I really, 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 really want a Guillermo del Toro movie where he has a woman villain. Oh, fuck. Dude, can we just do, have him direct, can we have him direct uh, this movie starring Kathy Bates? Well, probably not Kathy Bates. <laughs> probably not Kathy Bates, because <laughs> you're just going to end up with like the Ben Kingsley Gandhi look. And yeah. that's just, you know what I'm saying? That's fair. I actually take all that back. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Don't back. get me wrong. If there was ever a Caucasian actress who could pull off older... Griselda Blanco, it would be Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates could do it well. But let's just not. Let's not. Let's just... <laughs> Yeah, let's not. Yeah. Need I remind you of her role as Mama? <laughs> yeah. Mama Thid. Mama, Mama Thid. Mama Thid. Yo yeah, Conva, I forgot th- she was in that movie. I was like, holy fuck, how did they get Kathy Bates? <laughs> you were an Oscar winner. <laughs> it's the same as with... Uh, it's the same as yeah. with... Uh, uh, my, uh, what's his name? Uh, th- he played Alfred in the three Batman movies. Uh, Michael Caine. Michael Cocaine. Yes, Michael Caine. He, my, he, my oh, Cocaine. his movies. He said, "I've never seen that movie, but I have enjoyed the bathroom that it helped build." <laughs> That's what, I, that was about Jaws. That was like Jaws four, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. I love his dude. No, but Michael Caine though, I love where he'll. He'll, he said he will read the script. He'll read the first three pages of the script, and he makes sure that he's on there. And then he goes to the end of the script, and he reads the last three pages of the script. And he's like, I'm on this one, too. Okay, yeah, I'll do the movie. <laughs> he just needs to make sure he's on the front and the back, and then he's cool. All right, Lex Luthor first appeared in Action Comics number 23 in April 1940. Traditionally, the archenemy of Superman has become one of the most known adversaries of the Justice League in the DC Universe. Uh, He was originally portrayed as a mad scientist, uh, but more modern iterations have Lex Luthor as like this billionaire power mad business magnate. So really for about the first 40 years of Lex Lutherisms, that's my new Lex Lutherisms. (laughs) Oh yeah. He was was a mad scientist. He wasn't even like this... Lex Luthor that you get in like hardly any of the uh, of the like modern iterations, you know. I mean, he was much more like Gene Hackman from the Superman yeah. movies, where he just wanted to design weird machines for chaos. Or wanted to, the whole thing was a uh, in order to turn the, his worthless property in Nevada was it Nevada into yeah. his property by sinking California. Like his the whole the whole movie is about a fucking. About a plot to get better pricing on your land. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a scheme. That goes with all the Superman movies, except the most recent iteration of, you know, Batman v Superman and Justice League. Other than that, every single one has been a Scooby-Doo fucking mystery where, the, you know, some crooked land developers trying to make money off a land deal. It's, it's like like forming an entire plot of a Batman Superman, or I'm sorry, about a Superman plot about how to stop him from mining Bitcoin. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Let's let's talk about his portrayals real quick. So, 
his most known ones. He's had a lot. Uh, I'm just going to talk about his most known ones. Michael Rosenbaum, obviously from Smallville, was a big one. Loved him. Gene Hackman from the original Superman Loved movies. Um, Kevin Spacey. I think he did the best he could with the material. Yeah, Kevin Spacey, who is a real scumfuck in real life. Honestly, I'm sad to say, is probably my favorite portrayal of uh, of Lex Luthor, which I hate fucking I'd say saying. He's probably the best in my opinion, not my favorite though. And then, of course, uh, most recently, Jesse Eisenberg in Batman vs Superman, and that was a dumpster fire. <laughs> I really, really, really wish they had just gone with the original actor that they were gonna fucking go with. Like, they courted this guy. Brian it Cranston. It was fucking yeah. Brian Cranston. What? He just didn't, wa- didn't want to do it because he goes, I did Heisenberg okay. for five yeah. years. This is a big version of Heisenberg. It like, I get it, but motherfucker, you should have paid him. You should have just opened the fucking Warner Brothers bank and just been, hey, listen. Shut the fuck up and take our money, yeah. goddammit. <laughs> he was also voiced by Clancy Brown, uh, Mark Rolston, James Marsters, Giancarlo Esposito. Speaking of Breaking Bad, by the way. You know, he played Gus in Breaking Bad. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it. Clancy Brown is kind of my favorite. The oh, Kurt, he's awesome. The he's Kurgan amazing. is fucking the voice of, you know. I've always wanted Lex Luthor just to just sort of like spin around in a church and just be like, better to... F- Fate, burn away, then they'll fade out. So, he has no superpowers, but occasionally wears this war suit. It's kind of like a mechanized armor suit that gives him enhanced strength, flight, weaponry, allows him to match strength with Superman. For some reason, he doesn't have a like a proper helmet. It's branding, outfit. dude. He doesn't want to cover his face. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right, right, right. No, that... That's legitimately why he does it. I know. It, 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 <laughs> That's it, what I'm saying. No, I was just telling Ian, in one of the action comics uh, before the big DC 52 reboot, they legitimately had an ep- uh, the first one, the DC 52. They had an, epi- an issue where half the issue was Superman doing something and the other half uh, coincided with Lex Luthor uh, giving an interview and they were asking about you know past crimes and why would you not wear a mask when you were doing this particular thing and you know he had gotten immunity and it it just it legitimately reads into the character that were just you know his particular frame of mind but he that's basically why he goes i wanted the world to see me beating the shit out of superman that is an understatement (laughs) yeah he's egotistical if you if you think about it, he's just reverse Tony Stark. He's Tony Stark without the moral uh, parameters. Compass. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. All right, guys. So every big superhero has their arch enemies. Arch enemies. <laughs> arch enemies. All right. Arch enemies. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, arch enemies. You know, Batman's got Joker, right? Neither of them actually have powers, but they're obviously the opposite ends of the same question, kind of thing. Uh, what, what's Superman we're going to say is Lex Luthor's then? Yeah. Dude has no superpowers, is blindingly genius, but will never be happy or achieve anything he wants because he just wants to destroy the Man of Steel. Yes, but the thing is, is, is part of the reason Lex Luthor and uh, Superman are such, are, are perfect arch enemies is because Lex Luthor is jealous of Superman. Oh. Yeah, he's the one person he can't feel superior to. Yeah, he wants to be 
Superman. He sees everything that Superman does with his power as a waste. And and that and that's why it's perfect because Superman just wants to be normal. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't want to be Superman. So it's like it's almost it's like opposites attract type of thing. You know what I mean? Whereas Batman and the Joker are more like similar in the in the type of character they are. Uh, it it's kind of adverse because Lex Luthor and Superman are opposites. You know? Yeah. Like they don't like Lex can never be Superman and Superman can never be Lex. And not just power, like emotionally. He can't be him. Oh yeah. They're opposite magnets of each other. They can never be each other, which is really interesting. It's a really really creative two star crossed lovers. I mean, and that was Lex Luthor's like original like thing, you know? He was just this mad scientist, but he also like he was just jealous. It was always about jealousy. It was always about ego. He just wanted to create chaos. Uh, and that's kind of one of the reasons I like Lex Luthor so much. Is because, I, as we've talked about this before, I gravitate toward like really enjoying a, a villain's arc. If they have this, this layer of complexity to, like, to their villainy. Kind of like Littlefinger in Game of Thrones. Um, some other ones that we've talked about, but like... They use their environments to boost their villainy. You know, Lex Luthor would do things like allow other villains to completely fucking wreck cities. And, like, would even, like, play a part in, like, allowing them to wreck cities. You know what I mean? Just so he could be there for the cities to lean on after it was all over and see him as a savior. Superman's version of Moriarty. He is is DC's Moriarty. Across yeah. the board. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that's a one-to-one because uh, Sherlock Holmes couldn't cut the world in half with his eyeballs. No, I, I didn't mean Superman. I just meant <laughs> I meant th- that Lex Luthor is DC Comics Moriarty. Oh, yeah. I would totally say that, too. I kind of wish that the backstory and all that stuff had been, like, buttoned up a lot earlier because a lot of the early iterations of him like the whole because the the first version that we see him in the comics he's got long flowing red hair and then the next time i guess like the guy that drew him like didn't realize that he was supposed to have hair it was like oh fuck he's bald and they've spent the past like well no 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 in between the two, he okay. had like receding red hair. There was there was a loss of hair. Yeah, he does he does go through hair loss, but not just, just not not just the character's look though, Ian, but just in general. So real quick, in the forties and fifties and stuff, as we said, he kind of plays this mad scientist. Like, and I when I say mad scientist, I mean like the stupid fucking like villain Sean Connery, not Sean Connery. Yeah, the stupid fucking Sean Connery villain in the Avengers movie where he like creates like a weather controlling device. That's only the beginning. <laughs> That's like a four billion dollar answer to a hundred thousand dollar stick up. It's so stupid. That's what I'm saying. Like that is Lex Luthor to a T in early fucking comic iterations. Like he had this like city that was held up by fucking fucking blimps. Like yeah, <laughs> he did shit like uh, <laughs> what was? Hold on, let me find one. So like a couple examples of stuff that he did. Like he stole an earthquake causing device. From the U.S. Army, and like yeah. used it to raise this lost continent, and then like his plans were to use the like dinosaurs and other prehistoric beasts that populate the uh, the island to like attack humanity, and then 
Like another one was he put hypnotic gas in all the offices of like influential people in America. And then like he wanted that to cause a financial depression so that the country would rely on him to get things back on track. Dude, one of my favorite little uh, early Lex thing was I think he was going to explode a nuclear bomb on on Earth somewhere. And then the military, the wing of the our actual U.S. military found out about this and then asked them to not release that that uh, that paperback until a couple months afterwards because they were still finishing up parts of the Manhattan Project. The fuck? Okay, so real quick, going into his, his receding red hair. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this was kind of in the mid-80s, the early to mid-80s, whenever he kind of made this transformation as a character from mad scientist to business magnate piece of shit. Do you guys know who that iteration of Lex Luthor was based on? No. Steve Jobs. Think of a 1980s business magnet who was a oh real piece of shit. God, no fucking way. Trump. Yes. No. So Lex, Lex Luthor in the 1980s was based on Ted Holy Turner shit, it, and Donald Trump. It oh, wow, makes so much sense. And in the early 2000s, Lex Luthor becomes president of the yeah. United States. Yeah, Lex Luthor, uh, president, is actually a really good run, by the way. If you guys want to read that, I love that shit. So, like, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> Receding red hair. <laughs> okay, if this is, if this is a, if we're doing a one-to-one, that means that Trump, like, several times will get out of trouble by using a literal clone of himself and being like, it wasn't me, it was the clone. It wasn't me, it was the clone that was fucking Supergirl or the weird shape-shifting version of her for a while there. So, so he just used his brilliance to become Shaggy. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> oh, Come see, I thought, you, I thought you were saying zoinks, like... Oh, no, no, no. Like Shaggy, you know, the song, It Wasn't Me. <laughs> right, right, Rupert Rand. <laughs> this iteration was actually a little more, obviously a little more, you know, devious, because that's how comics went when it when it went from the 40s to, and 60s to 80s. They got a little more serious. So, like, at this point, yeah. like, the way he cashed in on, on his billions was he basically killed his parents. His parents, uh, he cashed in on his parents' insurance plans uh, and cut their brakes in their car, causing them to fucking wreck and die. So he, he what a wild card. Right. Just fucking fucking crazy. <laughs> I will have to say one of my favorite Lex that just showed Lex as an evil asshole was in the mid 90s. There was this run where they were just like they did an episode uh, an episode an issue where it's just like what the fuck does Lex Luthor do on a day off? And he went oh, yeah. into this diner and just picked this random waitress and basically was like, hey, leave your husband and I'll take care of all your dreams. Leave your husband, leave your kids. Oh, I can't. And then, you know, it ends with him just sort of walking off and, the li- and his assistant was like, why would you do that? And he goes, oh, you know, she's just going to spend the rest of her life thinking about if she could have or should she have. And it's just going to ruin everything about her. And I need a good laugh every now and then. I mean... That's his thing, though. Like, he... Yeah, dude. He truly believes that he's entitled to popularity and power. Like, he has a complex in his brain that tells him he has the the actual right to control other people. Yeah, my favorite 
actually, man, I'm so glad you brought that ep- that. Uh, I said I said it too. Episode fucking that one paper thing that you look at and read. Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up too because he he gives her like you can be away from this. You can have all of this. You'll never worry for anything again. You can finally put that coffee mug down and you'll never have to pick it up again. All you have to do is come outside and meet me in the car. I'll be out there for the next 10 minutes. And he gets in the car and you hear the the driver's like, wow, we waited for 15 minutes this time. And he goes, yeah, yeah. I, I just was really hoping we could drop, drive yeah. off in front of her. Like, like, what the fuck? He just does this just... he. He takes genuine pleasure in just making people's life terrible. Sort of like Donald Trump. <laughs> Obviously, Lex Luthor is a lot more brilliant considering he's uh, a, he still keeps his like scientist uh, ways even in newer iterations. I mean, he's still the founder of LexCorp. He's almost like a... I mean, like I said, he's Tony Stark. He's evil Tony Stark or uh, a little less crazy Green Goblin. But But, you know... Yeah, or a less smart yeah, Doom. Yeah, and less magic, obviously. Yeah. Well, I mean, he got it there for... You know, he did, like, create a synthetic kryptonite, which isn't as deadly to Superman as, like, the real thing, but still, like, does its thing. When you can beat the shit out of Superman, like, you're doing something right or wrong, I guess. <laughs> Truth. Um, it, it did kind of bite him in the ass, though, because he had that kryptonite ring for the longest time, and then turns out... oh. Gives you cancer. Yeah. Makes yeah. you lose your hair, too. <laughs> yeah. There is no other character who's... I'm, I'm sorry, except for the one guy from the Bible whose whole thing revolves around his hair. Samson. The... Professor X. Samsonite. No, no, no. His whole... His whole backstory isn't around the hair. Okay, because there was like a... There was a Superboy backstory... Of one of the billion different backstories that Lex Luthor has had. And I guess Superboy and Lex Luthor were best friends. And Lex Luthor was working in a lab and some shit caught on fire. And then Superboy, being Superboy, goes over there to like blow it out. And I guess it kind of caused some damage to his hair. And he lost all his hair. And that's why Lex Luthor's evil. Well, that was like the what? Smallville stuff, right? Wasn't I was going to say, that... yeah, Smallville, he survived the car wreck that killed his parents because of the kryptonite, and it, it, it damaged him and his hair, and that's why he was uh, <laughs> evil chrome dome. Yeah, yep. it, like, you don't have to acknowledge that. You just don't even have to talk about the fact that he doesn't have hair anymore. Maybe he just went fucking bald. Maybe he just, like, shaving his head. We don't have to talk about it. It doesn't have to be a whole fucking but, thing. But, Ian, the fact that it is, and it's the only one, is, like... Amazing. <laughs> I guess, sure. I guess. You know what I mean? It's like... This is just like... I don't need to see Spider-Man's uncle die every single fucking time I see Spider-Man. I also don't need to talk about Lex Luthor's head every time I see Lex Luthor. <laughs> I hear he gives great head. So. Oh, absolutely <laughs> no. Absolutely no. He's the type of he's the type of guy who will get you right edge you right to the point and then bite your dick off 
just so he can yep. walk away and laugh that knowing that you that you are now dickless. You were yes. so close and now you're now you're castrated. Uh, he really is. He's the kind of guy that like if he was in front of you at the grocery store would make sure that he stole your coupons to use on his thing and then after he used them he'd be like I stole your coupons and then take off. Or like bought the last rotisserie chicken right in front of you and then like Yeah, even though after, he doesn't need it, he just throws it on the Yeah, floor. he throws it in the trash, of course. But he makes sure to rub it rub dog hair all over it before he throws it in the trash so you can't eat but it. But the thing is, he would have the dog hair hidden in that trash can four years beforehand from his group of henchmen that just hide trash can are like he's so fucking ridiculous. And shave dogs. Yes, the shave dogs in order to hide the hair around every trash can in a place where he might go in case he ever does that. That's a lot. That's a lot to fucking take in. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, we, we, we kind of got off topic there. All right. Speaking of the other universes, the multiverse of DC, he has been everything from the Joker in the Batman universe to Lex Lemur in a Lemur inspired DC universe. I'm having a really hard time taking this guy seriously. <laughs> like the more I've learned about him, there's been some really good runs with his shit in there too. And you see just how deep his narcissism is. Like it, it really is on the, like the doom level narcissism. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, it's, I would say it's past the doom level narcissism because doom can even ag- admit where his weaknesses are in order to make himself stronger there. Well, see, they're just two completely different characters. Like, yes, Doom yeah. wants all the power in the world and stuff like that, but Doom came from, like, a poor village. You know what I mean? Like, Well, it depends on what version of Lex we're talking about here. Well, yes, that's true, but what I'm saying is, like, most iterations of Lex Luthor, he fucking hates poor people. He's fucking Donald Trump, dude. Oh, yeah. Like, he... His whole thing is to shit on people that are that he f- feels are lesser than him. Yeah, or or people that he's intimidated by, or people that are just around. Yeah, like he doesn't yeah. care who lives or dies as long as yeah. as long as he okay. has the power. I think that's okay. All right, all right, cool. I got it. The difference between him and Doom is that Doom doesn't necessarily get any pleasure out of making people suffer. That's that's sort of a it's like a side effect, especially if the person he hates that person. Then yes, he's totally love loves that. But Doom isn't going around like tripping children and shit. But Lex Luthor would fucking if he could do that all day, he would like push old ladies down and shit. But in a very complicated way. He's he's also one of the few DC characters to cross over into the Marvel universe, uh, becoming a hybrid character. Uh, a hybrid version of Red Skull named Green Skull. I don't know if you guys knew that. Is that real? Did yeah, that happen? It happened. Yeah. No fucking what? For the amalgamation universe, the the when back in the mid nineties, uh, DC and Marvel had a huge crossover where they let like the fans. There was the vote. what was the what was the Batman Wolverine one? Dark Joel? Claw. <laughs> what Dark a Claw. dumb Fuck yeah, thing. dude! Dark Claw rocked. Yeah, it was Batman, but he just murdered people. Dark Claw. <laughs> and and it was Robin and Jubilee put together. Yeah, it was called the Amalgamation Universe. I loved that shit. Captain America and Superman, Superboy, yep. Batman, uh, Superboy, Spider-Man. Uh, oh, yeah. And then they let the fans decide who beat who and whatnot. And God, the 90s it was, was pretty neat. It was, it was good stuff. No, it was a good... I, I enjoyed that immensely. Uh, dude, uh, clone Spider-Man's... Like, that shit got fucking weird. Yeah, it did. It really did. Maximum clonage? Yes. Did you guys ever read Superman Red Sun by any chance? Yes. 
I watched the the movie. It was like a it was like a communist flip flop between Super Superman and and Lex Luthor, where where Luthor was the hero. It's it's talking about yeah, uh, mm. yeah. Well, Superman was bad. Kind of a piece of shit, but. <laughs> Yeah, because he was communist, <laughs> so you know, commie, commie exactly. equal bad, capitalism exactly. equal good, Marxist communism. I think we all can agree that Marxist communism <laughs> not the best ideological thought process to running a country. Okay, I don't, I don't know what the the best is, but I do know what a bad. And one lastly, is. Lex Luthor was named Wizard's number eighth top one hundred. Great vil- greatest villain of all time, which I think, uh, I don't know, man. I think he's got to be up there. I feel he should have been in the top three. I feel he should have been in the top three. Uh, I think, I think honestly, this isn't just down. DC. This is all villains. I think, I don't remember who the top three were, but I remember, I'm pretty sure the Joker was maybe number one. I'm De- Darth, is Darth I think two. Darth Vader was two. I don't remember who three was. May have been Hannibal Lecter was somewhere up there, but, uh, but yeah, I think eight is probably probably eight to eight to fifteen. I think is a is a solid spot area for Lex Luthor to belong. It's just all yeah. of his fucking plots that are all of his plots are just so fucking convolutedly like backwards. Okay, I'm not a super genius. I don't have billions of dollars worth of things, but let's say I wanted to kill Superman. Right? This is how I would do it. I would give a gun to a man and tell that man to go kill Lois Lane. Unbeknownst to that man, inside of the bullets, which are cased in lead, is kryptonite. The man would then go to kill Lois Lane. Superman will show up because that's how that shit works. Superman jump in front. Bullet bounce off. But, uh oh, bullet has kryptonite that comes out the front. And Superman's dead. Boom. <laughs> fucking did it just right there I just I mean, made that shit up right there I don't, you have I, to think about this though too Ian is like how fucking big of balls do you have to have to actually take on Superman multiple times <laughs> <laughs> oh no he has the balls I'm not saying that the man has the balls okay that's never been a problem for Lex Luthor <sighs> okay, like if we're gonna talk about balls and somebody that played him can we talk about the original Superman Gene Hackman's balls have got to be fucking huge. You know what? I always just assumed Gene Hackman was one of the, like had little man syndrome. I just just by the way people talk about him, he just has that little man asshole vibe. Gene Hackman. Oh no, I bet he's an asshole for sure. But I think I would still like him. You know what I'm saying? You know he's still alive, Gene Hackman. No, no. Yeah, he's like uh, 91, I think. Really? Yeah. Oh, fucking I Yeah, he's still alive. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's move on to the to the bowler hat scale, shall we? Absolutely. Uh, Griselda gets a 10. Is there any argument here? Uh, I can't. No. no I cannot think of any. Yeah. Um, impoverished people. Uh, let's see. We manipulated governments. Killed innocents. Killed random people. Killed non-innocents. Killed children uh, killed, had, her, had her children killed, killed as a child, torture, killed um, all her husbands. Guess yeah, yeah, Billy, and not only that, but yeah. all of the downsides of the what happens in the drug trade and all the billionaire by addiction, 
billionaire, sex trafficking. We we we've, um, we've firmly established Ian. She is a ten. I think this is gonna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian. Yeah, yeah. Good. We're gonna go with the ten. On All this right. One. Now this one's a little more interesting. Lex Luthor. Where does he belong? I, okay. I'm so serious when I say I have such a hard time taking him seriously. I have old, I, I have a hard time taking old uh old Lex Luthor seriously, but if we're going by modern yeah. iterations, like for example, who who played his uh little fucking nephew in Spy in Spider Man in Superman for the Quest for Peace. Oh fuck, fine now. John Cryer. No, John Cryer is now the current Lex Luthor. On the CW DC shows, and he kills it, and like legitimately, I think. Wait, the guy from two, uh, two and a half men. Yeah, he is. He's Lex Luthor, and he's killing it. Like he's really actually very good at it. And for example, in the most recent big uh, series crossover, John Cryer as Superman as as Lex Luthor gets the. Uh, the book of the multiverse and basically goes to every single multiverse and kills every single Superman before just to make sure before all of creation blinks out of existence, he's going to go specifically to every single multiverse and kill Superman. So I'm going to say current iteration of Lex Luthor gets a fucking 10. Because that's what he does now. Old version of Lex Luthor, it's a seven. It's a six or a seven. So, yeah, I'm going to mix. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find the happy medium there, and I'll go eight with him. Okay. Any specific reasoning? Not really. I mean, like, it, kind of the stuff I said earlier, the fact that, like, not only is he, like, a super villain, like, outward, he's also, like, a super manipulator inward. Like, his, he's always playing games on the inside to... To find the best advantage, and that is like a, a that is like a hitting all boxes type of villain for okay. me. Okay, um, all right, follow me on this one. Lex Luthor is the biggest petty criminal. Okay, and the reason I say petty is because he is literally petty. The the only thing that gets him up in the morning is trying to fuck with Superman. The only thing he thinks about is trying to fuck with Superman. Every plot, every uh, business deal, every all machinations in his waking life is just being a little bitch. Just trying to fuck with one guy what? that he doesn't like. <laughs> <laughs> just being a little bitch. To be fair, though, man, fuck Superman. Okay, sure. You know what? <laughs> I, if that's what you believe... I can totally get that. I get that. I understand why Superman would be fucking annoying as shit if you're a bad guy. But if that's literally the only thing you ever think about is either, like, if you're getting a bagel. Mm, this bagel's good. Fuck Superman. You're taking a piss. Mm, I'm enjoying this piss. Dude, Fuck Superman. It makes sense. It's like when you play a game that has a built-in cheat code against you. It's like no matter what. You're like, fuck, I have to beat this game. I can't let this game beat me, even though it is literally programmed for me to lose at all no, times. No, it is not like that at all, because you can turn the fucking video game no, off, so it's worse. You can't turn it off. That's giving up. That's that's quitter talk. It means you're you're weak and your bloodline is weak. <laughs> it's just... It's just God like, damn! God damn! 
I will give you a great example of of why I don't want to give this guy a ten. And Hold on, can we just back one. the fuck up for just a second? <laughs> yeah, Hold up. That was fucked up. That was fucked Your up. Your bloodline is weak? <laughs> weak. Yeah. Yeah, like like I inadvertently See, that's fucked up. insulted insulted okay, Joel hold up. as well. Off. <laughs> so Lex Luthor had the ability to go anywhere in all time in all universes. And the only thing he did with that power. Not see himself in different universes where he could have been loved. Not found out mysteries that's always been bothering him. He went to every single multiverse to kill Superman. Because that's that's the only thing he thinks about. And that is, like, you have all of this power for someone that is obviously obsessed with power. And you do the most little bitch thing you can. It's a superiority complex, man. Yeah, but that's my point. It is like, he could be so much more. So in the scale of what he could do versus what he does, I'm going to give him like a seven and a half. Because it's just all of this little like, you did all this just to kind of fuck with him. All that talking to give him a half half a point less than what I gave him. Oh, did you give him an eight? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm going to give him a seven then. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Your, uh, you changed your opinion. You know what that means? That means your bloodline is weak. Yes, it does. Weak. You're fucking weak. <laughs> Thank you, Joel. Weak. He is weak. Thank you, Joel. Even though that is inadvertently insulting yourself, I appreciate the backup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. We're related. I forgot. If you look at my brother. Yes, we know you forgot. All right. You guys ready to move anyway. on to some uh, listener feedback here? Absolutely. So, Carrie on Twitter says... Oh my bob, episode 57 when Joel loses a gasket over Dr. Doom. Do I smell toast? So wow. funny. Y'all are really taking the white guy accents to like the, <laughs> to like the Max or something. I don't know what the fuck that was. That was like a mix between Minnesota and Irish or Scottish. And I have no idea what the fuck that was, but. That, that is exactly how, how Gary talks. Thank you. First off, Carrie, thank you. I, I, I really appreciate you listening. Thank, thank you for finding me funny. I live off Joel this validation. Joel tends to have multiple strokes whenever he's wrong so. about things. Yeah, so. just in a corner, furiously, just multiple <laughs> strokes. I'm a big boy. I'm a big boy. I don't get wrong. Oh, come on now, Joel. I'm gonna don't be sad, Joel. Shut the fuck up. Anyway. Thank you, Carrie, for your, uh, for your feedback. We appreciate it. Uh, Jen on Instagram says, Thanks for the shout-out on the Black Christmas episode. You are welcome. I, I, I don't remember the shout out. I'm maybe having a hard time remembering things. Probably from the multiple strokes. <laughs> I fucking hate sad. you all. Anyway, let's talk. Uh, I love the name. Our next uh, piece of feedback is from Uber Seth from Instagram. The most Seth. Mm-hmm. Maximum Seth. He says, Holmes Jigsaw is so creepy. That was a creepy episode. They are some creepy fucking guys. And Holmes still, I I feel like that's one of those episodes we may need to revisit, like, when we hit episode 200. Yo, I'm sorry. Is Jigsaw just if Lex had actually died of cancer? <laughs> no? Okay. It made me think for a second there. Like, pause. Right, I was like. Good talk. He's not entirely wrong. I was like, huh, bald, had a lot of machinations, like super complicated not things. Not entirely to wrong. Answers. All right, guys, thank you for the feedback. We really appreciate it. Um, as always, if you want to tell your friends about us, they can find us on Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, pretty much any other major podcast platforms out there. Uh, if you want to hit us up with some feedback, we are on Twitter, on Instagram, and Facebook at the Curly Mustache Podcast. Uh, lastly, check out podcasts from friends of ours like Nerdonomy, Sorry to Waste Your Time, and Code Yellow, a Scare Actors Podcast. I'm Steven. I'm Joel Aguila. And I'm Ian. My hair defines my character, Mingle. Ian, your bloodline is weak, Mingle. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just back into it. You can't just, like, double down on it, dude. I think he fucking did. And make sure you stay evil. <laughs> <laughs> uh...